Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. I am the New York Daily News NFL columnist and Giants beat writer. This is the NFL schedule release episode. We're going to dive into the league-wide decisions and the Giants and Jets being back in prime time. First, I want to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season. We have you covered for all of your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or to use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also want to welcome a new sponsor, Estate 98. Hola amigos, this is Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. And if you're a coffee lover like me, you're going to love Estate 98. This ultra-concentrated coffee from El Salvador, which dates back to 1798, is the most convenient premium cafe I've ever had. It takes me three seconds to make an iced coffee, which is perfect for my busy podcasting schedule with Talk and Ball. I can take it with me on the go and make it anywhere. And with its rich smell and notes of milk chocolate and tangerine, this Essencia de Cafe has replaced my old coffee runs. Go to Estate 98 Coffee on Instagram, order and enjoy. Salud. All right, let's get into our NFL schedule release breakdown, starting with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> what are we doing here? The Detroit Lions of all teams opening the NFL 2023 season at the Kansas City Chiefs. I bring this up because to me, the theme of the 2023 NFL regular season schedule is what NFL Vice President of Broadcast Planning, Mike North, said to me and several others on a conference call this week. The quote was, you play your way into prime time. He said that in answer to a question about the Detroit Lions. Because if you look at the Lions, not only are they opening in Kansas City when there were a lot of other options there for the league to choose, they also have a standalone primetime game Saturday, December 15th at the Dallas Cowboys, a clear indication that the NFL views the Lions as a team that late in the season there is going to be challenging the Dallas Cowboys and other teams for playoff spots and is going to build on its high-scoring, encouraging season from 2022. Counting on the Detroit Lions in prime time, if you're the NFL, what could possibly go wrong? But I think that's a fascinating introduction into what we find this year. Um, as far as how they put this schedule together, of course, some of the themes this year were that the NFL now, even though there is a minimum amount of games that CBS retains in the AFC and Fox retains in the NFC, most games now became free agents compared to previous years, which means that the Fox and CBS could uh, go and bid and outbid for a game that, let's say, normally Fox would be covering an NFC team's road game at an AFC team, but CBS could go and grab that game because they want it and vice versa. So still a minimum amount of games that you're going to see 
NFC and AFC, Fox to CBS, but definitely more of a mix than we're used to previously. Some things that stand out to me along with the Lions opening the schedule, uh, the Thanksgiving slate, it's a pretty solid one. Packers at Detroit Lions. Again, the Lions, you look at them, four primetime games and playing on Thanksgiving Day. So five if you're calling Thanksgiving primetime. You also have the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, the Cowboys always playing on Thanksgiving. And the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Then we look at Christmas Day. Christmas Day, you see the Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, the Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, the 49ers receiving prime billing this year being a team that was close to going to the Super Bowl last year, has been in regular contention over several past seasons under Kyle Shanahan, the head coach there. Uh, You know, I thought it was interesting hearing Mike North from the NFL say he was asked why he put the Giants and the Eagles on Christmas Day. His answer was, you know that game has to have playoff implications. We'll find out if they do when we get that deep into the year and the Giants are finally playing the Eagles for the first time all the way up on December 25th. Should be very interesting to see both teams are relevant at that time or not. Of course, the NFL had huge success last year having a three-game slate on Christmas Day, matching up with uh, the NBA's five-game slate and outperforming it significantly as far as average viewers of those games. So now you're looking at division games, um, but all in, in you have Vegas-Kansas City division game, and Giants-Eagles division games, but also the NFL felt like that Eagles-Giants game is going to be relevant at that point. That's an interesting one because sports writers see that and say, you know, what a drag we have to work on Christmas. But you talk to Giants fans, and I think Giants fans are excited about the fact that they get to open up their presents and then walk over to the television later after or during dinner and throw on their Giants game. So Um, You know, I I do think Giants fans are excited about watching that game on Christmas Day, even though working on Monday, Christmas Day, not ideal. First world problems, of course. Something interesting to consider here. um, This was asked of the NFL because next year, Christmas Day falls on a Wednesday. And of course, the NFL didn't have to put games on a Monday here on Christmas Day, but they did anyway with three. The league and North and the, the NFL, of course, that's up to Commissioner Roger Goodell. They did say they do not envision putting games on a Christmas day when it falls midweek because that seemed like kind of the gradual next step, but that is not in the cards according to the NFL at this time. Now, want to get and dive into the New York teams here, the Giants and the Jets. I'm going to give my full game-by-game prediction for the Giants on this podcast. But first, again, what is our theme? You play your way into prime time. The Giants, five primetime games plus Christmas Day. The Jets, five primetime games, night games, plus Black Friday. So you could call both of them six primetime games if you want. This is no question about Aaron Rodgers being with the Jets. And with the Giants, of course, Brian Dable's team going to the playoffs last year. You can see their primetime games are front-loaded. On this schedule, the NFL trying to take advantage of the Giants, knowing that they will clearly be relevant early on in the year and possibly capitalize on that spotlight and grand stage 
and then really bring in huge ratings throughout the season. Their game on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys last year set a record viewership-wise for uh, an NFL regular season game. I think it was 42 million was the number. Um, and even the the Giants-Eagles blowout in the playoffs last year, um, even, you know, I look at this Christmas Day schedule, I say Giants-Eagles, Christmas Day, why would they do that? The Giants, I think, are 2-12 and 12 in their last 14 against the Eagles. The bottom line is even that blowout in the playoffs outperformed any other broadcast that was on that evening as the Eagles were stomping on the Giants at Lincoln Financial Field. So hopefully it's a better game, but the NFL knows that people are going to watch regardless. And that's how that comes into play. Something fascinating, the first Amazon Black Friday game, of course, after Thanksgiving is going to be uh, the New York Jets hosting the Miami Dolphins. And why is this interesting? On the surface, obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers and the Jets back in prime time. Everybody's expecting a lot from not only Rodgers, but the Jets as a team. The Dolphins have a lot of team speed. They're an exciting offense to watch when they're clicking. But what I found interesting was behind the scenes how this decision was made. So the NFL acknowledged that Amazon, its its partner now, its streaming partner, television partner here, Amazon came to the league and suggested that they include a New York team in the game because they feel like, listen, we're the number one real retailer in this Black Friday space. New York is a huge hub of commerce. And of course, with Black Friday shopping, they felt like that would be a good match. So the NFL did consider Giants-Eagles for this slot. The NFL did throw Jets-Dolphins into the mix. The Cincinnati Bengals actually raised their hand, according to the NFL, and volunteered not only to host the first Black Friday game, but to be a regular and essentially make it a tradition, similar to how the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving every year. The Bengals saying, listen, let's make this a thing. We host Black Friday Amazon football every year. They said they will look into something like that in the future. For now, obviously, they choose the Jets and the Dolphins. They even talked about Raiders Chiefs because the Black Hole, the Raiders, that rivalry in the AFC West, that was a consideration as well. But I found especially interesting that Amazon had such a voice in determining what this game would be. Not a surprise, but interesting to hear it said out loud about how it comes together. Obviously, this is a an interesting and relevant and consistently relevant subject as we move along because John Mara made no bones about the fact that he didn't like that teams now can play in two Thursday night games every year. He didn't like that many owners seem to be trying to push through a measure that is going to allow the NFL to flex more games late in the year from weeks 14 to 17 into Thursday night football. He said it was an abusive idea for the fans to be able to do that. I think it's 15 days out to change people's schedules, timeframes, plans, as they're spending all of this money on tickets to go to these games. And um, that's an interesting thing to continue to watch because as much as John Mara is trying to stand up for the fans there, and I'm right there with him, obviously the fact that Amazon is whispering in the, in the NFL's ear, maybe you want to send this game to New York on Black Friday. And what do you know? It ends up in the New Jersey, New York area, I think is indicative of what the relationships are 
and how when push comes to shove, it's really about money at the end of the day. Who's paying for these games and what do they want? Obviously, they have to fit everything in. They're trying to do the best for the fans. They're trying to do the best for the teams, for the players. But let's just be honest. At the end of the day, it's the rights holders. It's the people paying the big money for the rights to hold these games who are also factoring heavily into how the NFL makes these decisions. Fascinating, obviously, that the NFL had to create different versions of the schedule based on whether Rodgers was going to be on the Jets or not, based on whether Lamar Jackson was going to be with the Baltimore Ravens or not. They acknowledged that there was some uncertainty, and they acknowledged the obvious. If Aaron Rodgers didn't end up on the Jets, they were going to be able to be flexible, and the Jets wouldn't have seen as much prime time. I mean, it's just a fact. And the the NFL revealing or talking about how their AWS technology data and analytics allow them to punch different ideas and uh, remove a, t- a certain team from certain primetime slots and kind of rerun a model in the system rather than having to do it by hand like they used to and able to spit out certain permutations that would allow them to pivot a little bit easier than they would have been able to in the future if, let's say, that Rodgers deal from Green Bay to, to the Jets fell through. So it was a really kind of a fascinating look behind the process. Of course, teams, not everybody is going to be pleased um, with the results. Um, I do think, though, it spits out some interesting, uh, interesting data, interesting storylines. Obviously, though, it's not going to be even. It's not going to be fair. And different years, different teams are going to look at their schedules and say, how did we end up with this? Before I get into my Giants game-by-game predictions, I do want to bring up the NFC East as a whole. Because, of course, you look at the Giants' schedule, it's difficult. And you look at strength of schedule based on teams' records from last year. The Giants are tied for the third hardest schedule in the league at 0.549 win percentage for their opponents this year, going back to last season's records. However, the Eagles have the hardest schedule in the league based on that metric. Uh, They're first overall, 5-6-6. The Cowboys are tied with the Giants for third hardest schedule. Washington is tied for eighth, not much Uh, Further down, though, 0.535 compared to 0.549 for the Giants and the Cowboys. I will say this. The Giants' early schedule obviously looks very difficult and unfavorable. You look at the Eagles' start. The Eagles go at New England, against Minnesota, at Tampa, versus Washington, at Los Angeles Rams. That's a really favorable start for a team coming off a Super Bowl appearance. So early on... The on-paper indication appears to be, wow, they might jump out to a hot start right out of the gate. might be hard to catch them. Though, if you look at the Eagles after their bye in early November, they go at Kansas City, against Buffalo, against San Fran, at Dallas, at Seattle. That is a ridiculous gauntlet for them to go through. So my early read on that, and of course, there's the Cowboys to worry about. There's Washington to worry about. The Giants opener with the Cowboys right away needs to set a tone here, right? But my point here is this. The Eagles are the team to catch for all three of these teams in the NFC East. And it looks like they could start out well. We don't know. This is a very early prediction. This is the way too early prediction. We're just going off what we can see right now. But that looks like the the Eagles could start hot. However, it does look like if they have some injuries, if they're not their best selves going into that mid-November, early December stretch, 
there could be a lot fewer wins on the back half of the Eagles schedule than you would think based on their talent level and their ability. Listen, injuries happen to everybody. Next year is not going to be like last year usually. I mean, you rarely find that whatever happened last year is a definite indicator of what's coming. Plenty of teams every year make the playoffs that were out of the playoffs the previous year and nobody had pegged to make it that year. The Giants last season going 9-7-1 and one are a great example of that. But the NFC East schedule is a very interesting one to me because I do feel like we, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too, sometimes you get bogged down in looking at the team that you're with or around the most and you're covering and you look every at everything about what they're handling, but not necessarily how it fits into the bigger picture. And I think it's really important to look at the NFC East as a whole and not just the Giants. And so while they're starting and it's Dallas at Arizona, at San Fran, Seattle, at Miami, at Buffalo, the Eagles have a hard stretch, just as difficult stretch later in the season. The Dallas Cowboys schedule seems to be kind of back and forth throughout. It seems a little bit more balanced than the Eagles and Giants schedules. I don't know what that will mean. Um, it does look to me like it could mean a slightly above 500 finish for Dallas because these are all challenging slates for these teams in the NFC East. The one that kind of raised my eyebrow the most, it, now I don't expect a lot out of a team coached by Ron Rivera with Sam Howell at quarterback, given the strength of the NFC East around them right now, but Washington start gives it a chance. It gives the commanders a chance to stay relevant deeper into the season. Washington starts against the Arizona Cardinals, who a lot of people believe are going to be the worst team in the league. At Denver, we don't know what that's going to look like with Sean Payton coaching now. Buffalo Bills, at Philly, Chicago Bears, though, then on Thursday, and then at the Atlanta Falcons. That's not an easy start, but there are some wins in there for them maybe to stay relevant deeper into the year. You know, Washington kind of always tends to hang around a little bit. So, um, you know, I think it's a fascinating balance to look at. And before I get to my Giants predictions, also wanted to mention the AFC East, because really, let's just face it, not only is this about the Jets, these two divisions last year looking so strong, like with the Dolphins getting better, um, you know, with the Patriots not being great, but not falling off a cliff, the Jets being really good until they fell off the edge at the end of the year, but now they land Aaron Rodgers. You know, the NFC East last year obviously was strong. Three teams get to the playoffs. And now you look at the AFC East, you have the Dolphins tied for the second most difficult schedule in the league. The Patriots are tied right there with the Giants and the Cowboys with the third most difficult schedule, the Bills seventh and the Jets sixth. The Patriots schedule to me, Eagles, Dolphins, at Jets, at Cowboys, New Orleans, at Raiders, Buffalo Bills, at Miami. I mean, there is just no deep breath you can take if you're Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, meanwhile, against the Bills on Monday night at Cowboys, New England, Kansas City Chiefs, at Denver, Eagles. You do get an early buy there. You do get an early buy if you're the when you're the Jets after six games. So with a new quarterback, with a new system, if you start hot, great. If you kind of hit the skids a little bit and it's a little bit of a challenge to, for Rodgers to assimilate and maybe the defense isn't at the same level it was last year, you can take a breather. You know, I think I look at the schedules too. When you talk about the Giants primetime 
and the Jets prime time. I look at the Giants prime time. You have Dallas in week one, San Fran in week three, Seattle in week four, and the Bills in week six. After that, you have one more primetime game in the remaining basically three quarters of the season. That tells me the NFL is excited about the Giants delivering viewership early, but not certain about it late. Though, of course, Mike North did said, did say he thinks that that Giants Eagles game on on Christmas would be relevant to the playoffs. So we will see. The Jets, on the other hand, look more like a team that the NFL is expecting to be relevant late. You have Week One against the Bills. You have the Chiefs in Week Four. Then you have the Chargers on November sixth, back to back with going to the Raiders the next week on November twelfth in prime time, and then even as deep as December twenty eighth at the Cleveland Browns, uh, scheduled to be a Thursday night game on Amazon Prime there. So it does seem like the Rodgers and Jets are balanced a little bit more through the full schedule as far as prime time, whereas the Giants are extremely front-loaded. All right, what you've been waiting for, if you're a Giants fan and you came here for my predictions, if you remember, if you follow me, if you follow all my reporting, if you follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, you know how many wins did I predict the Giants were going to get last season? Three. That's right. I predicted them to win three games last year. And of course they won nine and made the playoffs. If you haven't seen it already, I'm a, I'm a man of integrity and honor of my word. I did record a video on TikTok and on Instagram where I wore a clown face and I admitted I was a clown for predicting them to win six fewer games than they ended up getting in Joe Shane and Brian Dable's first year. So let's start right with week one, Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Sunday night football, September 10th, 8.20 p.m. on NBC. Now listen up, Giants fans. This is just where it starts and ends if you're if you're looking at how your team's going to fare. And this is not dumping on the Giants. These are facts. The Giants have a 3-22 and record. I repeat, a 3-22 and record against the Cowboys and Eagles in the past six seasons. That includes 0-5 last year, 0-2 against the Cowboys, 0-3 against the Eagles. As much as Brian Dable got coach of the year, Giants exceeded expectations last season. They won one game in division in seven tries. Okay. They were one, five and one. So one win against Washington, a tie against Washington and five combined losses to the Cowboys and Eagles. I am driving this point home because this is just where it starts and ends. Daniel Jones and the giants. It's not, the season's not over if you lose to the Cowboys in week one, but it's exciting that it starts there because this is the, the opportunity the giants want. This is what they need. They need to prove to everybody and to themselves, forget what you're proving to the outside, prove to yourselves. You just paid your quarterback. You paid Dexter Lawrence. Maybe you're going to pay Andrew Thomas. Maybe you're going to pay Saquon Barkley. Maybe not. Whatever the case is, you added Darren Waller. You added defensive players to stop the run. You added players in the secondary. You drafted a center. You drafted a receiver. You drafted a corner of Deontay Banks in the first round. Are you going to go out and not just beat the Cowboys, but just show you belong on the field with them talent-wise. Show you belong on the field with the Dallas Cowboys. That is what is on the line here for the Giants in week one. Mike McCarthy's under a lot of pressure. The Dallas Cowboys are under a lot of pressure. 
they could achieve a lot this season. But Mike McCarthy now calling the plays on offense. It this is this is it for him. It's in his hands. The offense is in his hands. The team's in his hands. It's boom or bust for the Cowboys this year. So the pressure will be on them. Let's let's face it. Let's be honest. Pressure's on Dallas to to win that first game, to look like a team that's going to contend because we know how much Jerry Jones, how impatient he is and how much badly he wants to win and how he feels the Cowboys should win. And you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to um mince words here. The Giants and the Eagles and the Cowboys, forget Washington, they've been irrelevant for so long recently. The Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, you better believe it sickens them when they see one of their biggest rivals succeeding, especially so consistently as the Cowboys and, and Giants have had to watch the Eagles recently, as, as recently as last season going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, you have the Eagles trade it and Cowboys executing a trade over the Giants for the Eagles to get Devontae Smith. The Giants pass on Micah Parsons. Now he's one of the Cowboys' best players, one of the best players in the league. You have the, the Eagles not just beating the Giants, but beating down on them. You have the Cowboys feeling like they have the most talented roster in the league year in and year out, but then looking at the Eagles and saying, why, are we, why aren't we in the Super Bowl? Why are they there? Why did we pay our quarterback, but now their quarterback's there getting a new contract and leading them to a Super Bowl appearance when he was essentially on the hot seat and they acquired an extra first-round pick to possibly draft his successor this year in 2023 when they didn't have to now because Hurts played that well. The Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, a fascinating uh, dynamic. And week one, it's all going to come to a head immediately. And, you know, I like this tradition. I like the Giants, Cowboys, week one tradition. You know, it ended, um, I think 2019 was the year that it kind of stopped. But obviously between 2012 and 2019, the Giants and the Cowboys played uh, six times in those eight years in week one. The Giants only hosted one time. Dallas won five of those six meetings. Giants haven't won um, in week one against the Dallas Cowboys since 2016 under Ben McAdoo. I was there. That was actually my first regular season Giants game I ever covered. Uh, at Dallas, at AT&T Stadium. Unforgettable stuff. That was also the last time the Giants went to the playoffs before Brian Dable took the Giants back there last season and then beat the Minnesota Vikings on the road to get into the divisional round before losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. So no Ezekiel Elliott. That'll be weird. Um, I think the Cowboys beat the Giants here, but I'm looking forward to the Giants hopefully proving me wrong because clearly the NFL is giving the Giants a huge opportunity here on Sunday Night Football to come right out of the gate and announce that last year was no fluke and they are for real. But my prediction, Cowboys 31, Giants 24, they fall to 0-1. Week 2 at the Arizona Cardinals, September 17th, 4.05 p.m. on Fox. Colt McCoy could be a revenge game there. Kyler Murray probably shouldn't be healthy this is supposed to be the worst team in the NFL. If the Giants lose this game, they're going to have a lot more problems than just a bad record. I got the Giants winning this 27-13. Staying out there, the Giants are expected to stay out in Arizona leading up to, on a short week, a road game on Thursday night football at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, September 21st, 8.15 p.m. on Prime. Listen. If you're going to play the Niners, playing them early is the time to do it because 
It's possible quarterback Brock Purdy will be healthy off that elbow injury. It's possible, though, that he won't be. And if he's not, if the Giants get Sam Darnold for a second straight year, they played him last year with the Carolina Panthers. If they get Sam Darnold at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, you know, is this a winnable game? I still think the Niners take this game. I have it as 23-16 San Francisco. Their defense is just so, so tough. I mean, if they didn't lose Purdy in that NFC championship game, I think it was a high probability that they could have beaten the Eagles that day and it would have been Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl. Um, So I still don't think that Purdy's absence necessarily would mean that the Giants would win the game based on how strong that Niners defense is. But I do think it would be more competitive. Week four versus the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. So again, three primetime games in the first four weeks. Giants hosting. Um, You know, Geno Smith gave me that answer last year when the Seahawks beat the Giants pretty convincingly in Seattle. He said that, you know, this is for Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo, people who believed in me. You'd better believe off of the way the Giants fans and organization treated Gino during the whole Eli Manning benching debacle that he's going to keep that chip on his shoulder for this game. Um, I do think that the Seahawks win this. I think the Giants secondary is going to be an interesting question. Um, will it with Deontay Banks now at corner? They lose Julian Love, obviously, it's at safety. They draft Trey Hawkins. They um they add to the secondary this season. They add pieces like Leonard Johnson, uh, the player out of Duke who was hurt last year. So technically will be a rookie this year. They'll throw some darts at the board, hope something sticks. But this is tough here. I mean, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba added as a draft pick to a receiving core that already includes Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for Geno Smith. Should be an interesting one, a tough one. I'll give the Seahawks the edge here, 27 to 24. So the Giants start out one and three. Doesn't get any easier in week five. Um, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle come to town. Uh, actually, the Giants go there. The Giants go to Miami to face the fastest receiving core in the league. This is a refreshingly 1 p.m. Sunday start on October 8th on Fox. Um, I give the Dolphins a narrow edge, 28-27. Giants fall to 1-4. and four. This, obviously, you put an asterisk on, is Tua Tagovailoa going to be the quarterback? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Um, I do think with Vic Fangio in Miami, their defense is really going to be tough. Um, you know, I think he's a better coordinator than he is a head coach. Mike McDaniel working out some kinks on um, how often he doesn't call running plays, being able to balance that offense a little bit more with some more to work with as far as running back personnel is concerned. I think it's going to be a tough one for the Giants, a very difficult one. Um, still during the time of year where maybe you're getting some significant heat, heat as well, though it is not September, it is October. Uh, week six, the Giants stay on the road. So if you're keeping track, you have four road games in five weeks here at Cardinals, at Niners, versus Seattle, at Miami, at Buffalo. This is not this this is not for the faint of heart, this schedule. That is for sure. So Giants at Buffalo Bills, Sunday night football, October 15th, 8:20 p.m. NBC. Dable and Joe Shane are gonna want this one bad. They're gonna want this one bad. Brian Dable and Sean McDermott at the end. There was a lot behind the scenes going on there. Friction uh, didn't end well. Um, You know, from what I've heard, Dable was leaving Buffalo either way during the offseason that he got the Giants head coaching job. Um, That kind of marriage had 
dissipated, had deteriorated. Um, you know, I do think Dable does well in moments. Like you look at the Tennessee opener last year, when he can channel emotion properly and the team gets behind him like that, um, I have seen some good results there. So I know that this is crazy, but I do think Buffalo takes a step back. And I think the Giants win this game. I have the Giants beating the Bills 20 to 17 and improving to two and four. They then come home to play the Washington Commanders. They host Washington. Um, interestingly enough, there were people who had this as a road game. I'm not really sure why. Um, it is a home game. I'm going to take Dable and Daniel Jones over Ron Rivera and Sam Howell every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Giants 23, Commanders 17. Giants improved to three and four. But in week eight, they run into Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Interesting that this is a 1 p.m. start on CBS on October 29th. The Giants, of course, just beat Aaron Rodgers last year on a bigger stage in London at Tottenham Stadium. I was there. It was an awesome event. Um, so they're not afraid of Rodgers at all, or um, you know, they're they're not intimidated by all his MVPs, by his Super Bowl, uh, by his you know, by his clout, by what he could mean to the Jets' offense. They don't care. Wink Martindale's defense, Brian Dable's offense. They dispatched the Packers last year. They believe they could do it again this year. However. I do think that Garrett Wilson is going to be a beast with Rodgers, a quarterback. He already was last year without him. And I think this is going to be a challenge. I think this Jets team is better than the Green Bay team the Giants played last year. Jets 30, Giants 20, record falls 2, 3, and 5. Week 9 at the Las Vegas Raiders. Can't wait. Haven't seen this stadium. I believe this is the only NFL stadium I haven't seen yet in person. So I think I get to check my final uh, arena off the list there. November 5th, 425 PM Fox. A lot of stories to this one. Darren Waller going back to the Raiders, Pat Graham coaching against the giants. But I think the biggest issue here is going to be covering Devonte Adams, uh, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to him, you, you got to stop Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, uh, the rookie pass rusher. It's going to be a lot to handle. Vegas is a little bit unpredictable. Their secondary is pretty suspect. So this could be a high scoring one, but I have the Raiders winning this 24 to 16 Giants slip to three and six. After that, um, I'm relieved that if the Giants are playing on Christmas day, at least they're not playing on Thanksgiving again. They do get at the Cowboys in November, but it's on November 12th, 4:25 PM. Um, listen, injuries can play a huge part in what happens late in the year. We're just going off what we feel like is on paper best on best right now. Um, the Giants, as far as I've been concerned and when I've been around, the Giants just don't win in Dallas. And I think that continues here. 28-13 Cowboys, Giants slip to three and seven. But of course, like I said earlier, if McCarthy and Dallas don't start well, if they struggle or if they struggle early, there will be an opportunity to take advantage of a Cowboys team that may be sliding here. Um, you know, maybe guys like Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore that they've added as what are supposed to be final pieces don't click as well as they're supposed to. Maybe they have a key injury to a player, but I just, until the Giants do it, listen, they lost to Cooper Rush last year at home. They then lost to Dak Prescott in Dallas. That was a 28-20 game that wasn't that close. Uh, so listen, like I said, I would love the Giants to prove me wrong, but I need them to do it first. So they lose this game. They then go at Washington in week 11, 1 p.m. Fox, November 19th. And they beat them 28-10. So they improved to four and seven. Uh, the next game, this is a this is a kind of a toss-up, right? Week 12 against the New England Patriots, November 26th, 1 p.m. Fox at MetLife Stadium. 
You have the Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, Brian Dable, uh, text messaging, the lawsuit, uh, Joe Judge, revenge game. Uh, Bill Belichick never hates beating the Giants or the Jets in New Jersey. I'm going to give the Patriots an edge in a, in a low-scoring game, 20-17, to 4-8. The Giants then have a late bye in Week 13. They come right out of it with an opportunity to get a W against the Green Bay Packers. This game is on Monday Night Football, at least for now it is. December 11th, 8.15 p.m. on ABC. Now, this game looks like a prime game to be flexed out of Monday Night Football if both the Giants and the Packers struggle early. Obviously, the Packers now with Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers. But if either of those teams is surprising, if they're both surprising and good at this time, this will obviously be an exciting and a marquee matchup. Um, We will know a lot about what the Giants' schedule and season has become if this game gets flexed or it doesn't. That's kind of a flashpoint to me. December 11th, week 14. The Giants get flexed coming out of that bye week. Season's on the skids. If they don't get flexed and they stay in Monday Night Football, it's a good sign for year two under Brian Dable. Week 15 at the New Orleans Saints. Listen, I had the Giants win in six games. I still feel like they could win six, but I did feel like there was an opportunity in a lot of these games, you know, Vegas, New England, uh, what what have you, for them to get a seventh. And I'm giving it to them. I know it's a hostile environment. It's a tough place to play, but I'm going to give them their seventh win at New Orleans. Week 15, December 17th, 1 p.m. on Fox. Uh, Daniel Jones has won there before. Saquon Barkley's won there before in overtime with Joe Judge as head coach. Um, you know, they're not afraid of playing there. They know what it takes. They win 23 to 20 in overtime, just like last time in overtime, and they go to six and eight. Coming down the stretch, so interesting, right? Two games against the Eagles in the final three weeks. We hope that they're relevant. Um, they do well either way, ratings wise. Christmas Day, Giants go to the Eagles, December 25th, 4:30 p.m. on Fox. Again, possible benefit of playing the Eagles twice late in the season is that they could be banged up. They might not be the best version of themselves. You may even be able to get a week 18 win of the Eagles arresting guys because you're also going, uh, you're hosting the Eagles in week 18. Um, I have the Giants winning three of their final five games to close out the year. It'd be nice if they can get four. Um, I'm giving the Eagles a 34 to 26 win in this first meeting. Giants slip to six and nine. Giants do get a win in week 17 against the Rams. New Year's Eve, 1 p.m. Fox MetLife Stadium. Again, no excuse to lose this game given what the Rams are. I know they still have some skilled players, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, if he's still healthy and playing at this point. Um, you know, there would be an opportunity here possibly. Um, you can't lose this game if the Giants want to be anything close to what they think they are. 20 to 10 Giants, they fall to seven and nine. And then I have them slipping to seven and ten. Eagles 42, Giants 28 in week 18, assuming the game is relevant to both teams and they're playing all their starters. Who knows what that's going to be? But my final record prediction, 7-10 and 10 for the Giants. The over-under I've seen in a lot of places, 7.5. I think that's a very fair and accurate one based on what the Giants were last season, what their schedule looks like this year, what their opponents appear to look like after free agency and the draft. Let's just face it. The Giants still have a lot to prove. Daniel Jones has to prove that he can validate that contract. The Giants have to prove that it makes sense for them to go a little bit in on the present and more, way more in on the present than they intended to when Joe Shane and Brian Dable took over. And this is where I come down. Fact of the matter is when I picked them to win three games last year, I thought they were going to look more 
like the team that closed the season three, six, and one in their final 10 games. And that's what the Giants did last season in 2022. They started six and one, but then they closed three, six, and one in their final 10 games. And if I remember correctly, those wins were over the Minnesota Vikings, Washington Commanders, and I want to say, am I including the Houston Texans? No, that would be the Indianapolis Colts. So you have Washington, the Colts, and the Minnesota Vikings, otherwise essentially losing out. And so the Giants, yes, they add Darren Waller and Paris Campbell. Um, They add all those pieces we talked about in the draft and free agency. Uh, They look like a better team on paper. The Giants look like they could have something special and build on the special that they showed us last season. But they need to stay healthy and they need to come out of the gate hot. And the fact of the matter is the schedule makes it more difficult for them to do that. That'll wrap up our episode on the NFL 2023 schedule release. Go to my daily news website, the Giants uh, daily news page, nydailynews.com backslash sports. You'll see my breakdowns of the schedule. More to come here on Talking Ball with Pat Leonard, brought to you by Bet Online next week. See you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.